and I'm excited to talk today. You know, um, there has been something that I have been running into kind of over and over and over again. And it seems like everywhere, go, everywhere I go, I am faced with this. Um, and, and I'm going to guess that I'm not the only one that has been facing this thing that is kind of out there in our world right now. And it is something that everybody is experiencing, yet, but for some reason we haven't really been addressing very much in society. And uh, if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. If you're not taking notes today, I want you to write this down. And, uh, and, and in fact, you have some notes on, on, on your, your seat there for all of you guys that are here with us today. And uh, this is actually not in your notes, but I want you to write this down because here is the big idea for the day. And that is this, is that we need to choose to be unoffendable. Choose to be unoffendable. And I don't, I don't know if you realize it or not, but we live in a very, very uh, easy period of time and an easy, it's really, really easy for us to be offended right now. It's really, really easy for everyone around us to be offended right now. It seems like there is offense taking place on every side all the time. And as a pastor, it seems like over the last couple of weeks, my job in the last couple of months, it's been navigating who's upset today, who's angry this week, who, who is, is elevating their voice right now in this moment. And, and it's not limited to a certain group. I feel like every group, every demographic, every political side has taken their turn being offended in this season, and, and we see it all around us. It, you're, if you're wearing a mask, I'm offended. You're not wearing a mask, I'm offended. Uh, you vote Republican, I'm offended. You vote Democrat, I'm offended. You want a stimulus check, I'm offended. You don't want a stimulus check, I'm offended. You posted a black box on your Instagram account, I'm offended. You posted a black box on your Instagram account with a blue line through it, I'm offended. You want kids to go back to school. I'm offended. You don't want my kids going back to school. I want to kill you. I'm offended. <laughs> right? We're, we're just offended. <laughs> it's crazy. You want the church to open. I'm offended. How could you ever put me in that kind of predicament? You when, when we closed down the church, people were offended. I can't believe you would close down the church. It's like you can't win today. It's a crazy season. You didn't write me. You didn't text back fast enough. You didn't notice my new outfit. You didn't see my new haircut. I'm offended. You're offended. Everybody's offended. Am I talking to anybody at church today? <laughs> Okay, I, I, I hit the subject that we can all agree on. <laughs> Listen, church, we're called to be different than this world. And we have got to choose to learn to be unoffendable. In fact, Proverbs says it like this. Chapter 19, verses, verse 11. Uh, we're actually going to put it up here on the screen. It says, good sense, which is something all of us need right now. All of us could use some good sense in this season. Like we could use, we can need to put on our good sense hat. It says makes one slow to anger. Everybody say slow. slow. That means you need to slow down on responding so fast. Maybe you need to take a step back before you post on that person's comment. Maybe before you tweet back or text back, you need to take a step back. 
he says, slow to anger. And it says, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Now, what's interesting is look at this word his right here. Is that a lowercase h or a capitalized h? So lowercase, okay. It, this, this, is, this is the education department right now. Is this a lowercase h right here? Can you guys see that? Do we need to make that bigger on the LED wall for y'all? Okay. It's a lowercase h, right? Now, if that, was a, if that was a capital H, that his there would be referring to God. It would say, if we were to overlook an offense, it would be to God's glory. Which is what most of us think, well, if I overlook people's offenses, man, I'm glorifying God. No, no, it doesn't say it's to God's glory. It actually says it's to your glory. Like, in overlooking an offense, God wants to do something in your life. He actually wants our lives to get a little bit better, a little bit sweeter, and a little bit more endearing in life. And if we're going to move out of this season into the next, there are some things that we need to learn. And I think one of the greatest things that we can learn as a community, as individuals, as Christ followers, is to learn how to be unoffendable in a very offensive world. And so over the next few minutes, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I've, I've never done this in the history of, the, of our church. I, I want to take a little bit of time, and I want to give you my top 10 reasons why it is to your glory to be unoffendable. Why it is to your glory to be unoffendable. And I'm going to run through these really, really quick. And uh, I need you to jot these down and write them down. The reason you need to jot these down and write them down is because at some point this week, I, I'm just going to be prophetic with you. Somebody is going to do something that's going to offend you. And in that moment, you're going to want to rise up and respond in that moment. Well, what's going to happen is you're going to go, oh, yeah, I remember what number three was. Pastor DJ said this. And it wasn't until I, I preached all these messages, you totally ignored them. This is going to be the first one's going to help you. I promise you that. And so if you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. Okay, let's go. Number one, unoffendable people have more free time. <laughs> unoffendable people, they just have more free time. Why? Let me give you two scenarios. Scenario number one, you rob home from work. It's about 5, 10 in the afternoon. You work close. Uh, it's in the room right next to where your living room is right now. And, uh, and so you just, you walked out of there, you shut the door. It's 5, 10. You're, you're like, honey, I'm home. And uh, you get home and automatically what do you do? You take out your laptop, you open it up, you go to Facebook. And when you get on Facebook, you see that your friend Fred has made a post. Now, Fred has totally different views than you. He has a totally different outlook on life than you do. And Fred has made a post online that you see that you totally uh, disagree with. In fact, Fred's post has offended you. Fred's, Fred's post has made you angry. In fact, you want to tell Fred what's up. And so at 5.11, you, you have gone through all the scenarios in your head of why you're right and why Fred's wrong. And you've crafted this unbelievable response to Fred. And you think to yourself, well, what should I do now? And at 5.12, you do what most people do and you hit submit. And you comment on his post and you walk away feeling really, really good about yourself because you have just negated Fred's ignorance in life and just exposed it to the entire world. And at 5.15, you get a little ding on your phone showing that somebody else has responded to your comment. And so you go back to your computer and you open it up and you see that Susie, who is 
Fred's friend has responded to your comment. And Susie has said some things that have just taken your comment out of context. And, and you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that Susie has commented. And so you take the next 15 to 20 minutes choosing how you're going to respond to Susie's comment that she has put on there. And you're debating. And finally, you're like, I think I finally found the perfect response. You respond back to her. Your wife calls to you and says, hey, honey, it's time for dinner. But Susie, Susie has now responded back to you, and you're like, hold on, babe. Dinner is on hold tonight. World War III is taking place right now. And you go into debate for the next 45 minutes with Susie while your family is sitting in the kitchen. Eventually, you pull yourself away from the computer. It's about 6.45, 6.50 now, and you sit down with your kids and, and your wife, and you're eating your meal. And about 20 minutes into the meal, the epiphany goes off in your head. Like, you have this moment where you realize you have the perfect comeback to everything that they have been saying. This is the mic drop moment. Hiroshima, here it is. It is going to be over in this moment. You're like, dinner is over. You get up from the, the, the table. You go to the computer at 7 o'clock. You go to respond to Fred and Susie's post on Facebook only to find that Fred has deleted his posts. Woo! Those are fighting words, Fred. And now, now you're just riled up. Now you're ready to go. And you think to yourself, you know what? You know what? I don't even have to respond to Fred. In fact, I don't even have to put Fred's name out there. I can just put this mic drop moment as my post. And so you post it. And from 7.30 to 10.30, you spend the next three hours going back and forth with people you don't know, debating things that you don't have a clue about, trying to prove your point, and you've missed out on time with your family, you've missed out on time with eating dinner, you've missed out on it all, and you go to bed. It's option number one. Option number two. <laughs> you get home at... 5.10, you walk out of the room, close the door, honey, I'm home. At 5.11, you see the post on Facebook from Fred. You think to yourself, man, Fred is really, really ignorant. He doesn't have a clue of what he's talking about. At 5.11 and a half, you shut your computer because you realize that no argument on the internet has ever changed anybody's mind. You go eat dinner with your wife and your kids. You watch movies with your family that night. and You go to bed early and you end up well rested. Some of y'all just described your last night. Uh, just <laughs> Why? Because you've chose to be unoffendable. The Bible says it like this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. Sometimes we got to take a step back and go, am I making the best use of my time because the days are evil therefore do not be foolish some of us we need it that needs to be like our live verse right there i'm not going to be foolish but understand what the lord's will is 
Well, TJ, how do, you, how do you know what the Lord's will is? How do I know what I should fight for and what I should not? I mean, like, it, it, listen, if something is about justice, go and fight for that. I, I, no problem. You, you feel like there is a, this is a justice issue? Go fight for that. But I've just found that a lot of things that I get offended about, I really should not be getting offended about. And this is what I've just kind of taught myself over the years, and I, I wrote it down in your notes like this. When, in, when I am in doubt, don't. Like, when I'm doubting the situation, should I jump in or should I not? And there's a tension that's there of like, oh, I don't, I don't really know. Just make the choice to not. Because what you're doing then is you're avoiding the arguments, the foolish talk, and the, the people that just want to debate. And listen, anybody that just wants to debate with you, they've already made up your mind. And so why, why would you submit yourselves and give up all that freedom to them when you can just not engage in it and just decide, you know what, I'm not going to be offendable and I'm going to have so much free time. Number two, unoffendable people are well rested. I love that one. I love some rest, but here's what I know. Have you ever been really, really mad at somebody? You didn't really realize you were mad, and you went to bed that night, and all night long you're tossing and turning, and, and all of a sudden you're having dreams about this person, and you're angry at them, and you're, you're, you might even be cussing them out in your dreams, and all kinds of things, and you wake up the next morning, and your eyes are all bloodshot, and you're like, oh man, you feel like death to the world, and you go to the office that day, and that person that you had that issue with walks in, and like birds are chirping they're smiling carrying their cup of coffee hey how's it going you're like what like they had no clue you had issues with them they got all kinds of sleep and you lost all of your sleep why because you were living in offense that's why the bible tells us in ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 don't sin by letting your anger control you don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Shayla and I, we use this in our marriage all the time. We aren't going to go to bed mad at each other. In the very beginning of our marriage, man, we were not getting much sleep, man. We were just staying up for day after day after day trying to work out all the issues she had with me. It was taking forever. <laughs> just kidding. But we are adamant about, hey, we're not going to live in anger. We're not going to live in offense, and here's why, right, I, I wrote it down like this, anger and rest are always at odds. You can't have both at once. And you know this is true, man, if you're angry, have you noticed that you're restless? But when you let go of everything, when you release things, man, it changes everything. Listen, you can't have peace in your life when you're at odds with other people. And so what do you have to do? You have to let go, you have to release those things from other people so you can have rest in your life. Number three, unoffendable people have better relationships. Unoffendable people just have better relationships. We all have the friend that always has to have the talk with us, right? You know, the talk where, where they have to talk to you about what you have done wrong, how you have hurt them, how you have uh, uh, said something like, TJ, you shouldn't have said it like that. And you're like, man, I always have, every, every couple of years, I always have somebody like this that comes into my life. And I'm like, I really, really like you. I just don't like how offended you get at everything that I do. 
And I've just learned that you can't have good relationships if you're always getting offended. Note here, uh, if, if Sarah is offended at Fred, if Sarah is offended at Jessica, if Sarah is offended at Michael, if Sarah is offended at George, you want to know who the problem is with? Sarah. For some of you, you're like, everybody's got all these issues. Maybe the problem isn't with everybody. Maybe the problem is you. So what do we do about it? 1 Peter 4.8. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. He says, have a deep love, not a surface level relationship, because a deep love is going to look past people's actions to their intentions. It is, we've lost sight of this today. All we do is look at actions and we forget about intentions. A deep love is going to care more about a person than what a person does. A deep love is not going to nitpick every single little issue in life. And I've learned, and Shayla and I have learned over the last 20 years of marriage that when we're fighting over dumb things, when we're nitpicking one another and we're going after all the small things that are problems in our relationship, you know what we know at that moment? That our love is low. Or like love has gone low. There is no deep love there because all of a sudden what we're doing is we're looking at all the issues instead of focusing on the love. And I realize that instead of focusing on Shayla's issues, what I need to focus on is, is how am I cultivating and making my love grow and be more? Because the fo if your focus in your marriage is, is, is how do I fix all of the issues with that person, you're going to have a bad marriage because you're always going to have issues in your marriage because you're married to a person if you were married to jesus it'd be different but you're married to a person who is jacked up and messed up come on watch it online nudge that person next to you you go you're jacked up <laughs> don't do that. that that might be bad for you um see but the way that we grow in love is not to remove the issues that we have but it is to grow that love and when i grow in that love what it does is it begins to cover over a multitude of issues and so you want better relationships especially if you're a married person and you're going man we got all kinds of problems when's the last time you went on a date when's the last time you went on a vacation when's the last time you started cultivating the love in your relationship so all of a sudden that love would begin to cover the multitude of issues that are there. Which, by the way, is one of the reasons a lot of our issues are out there on social media right now is because we are offended at people that we have no relationship with. Because if we actually knew them, if we actually had conversations with them, if we actually heard their story and what's going on in their lives, we'd have way different perspective because the relationship would be deep in that moment. But that's a whole nother message right now. We wouldn't be quite as upset about them. Number four, unoffendable people trust God to avenge them. Now, I don't like this one right here because I'm a control freak. Where are all my control freaks at? Come on, you're, you're, normally you're the loudest and proudest group right there. You're like, yeah, like I like being in control, right? 
I want to be in charge. But what I've realized is that God is the father and we are his sons and daughters. And, and so there are two options when somebody hurts you. Uh, the first one is, is you can take control and avenge yourself. You can comment back. You can tell everybody. You can gossip about them. You can try to, try to take revenge on your own. Or secondly, you can let God avenge them. And you need to know that God can deal with your enemies and people that hurt you way better than you can. Like, God is way better at that. Like, I'll never forget, uh, uh, about seven or eight months ago when malls were still open, uh, I, I went to go pick up Alexander, who is our foster son, and, and I was spending an afternoon with him by myself, and, which is a rarity. And so I, I went, and we went to this place called Filippo's, and we played in these bounce things and threw balls and everything. And then, like, he loves going to the mall, and you know the little kitty mall playgrounds that are, like, inside? And there's just, like, things that they can crawl over and stuff. It's weird, and they can spinny things, but he absolutely loves it. So we went to the mall. We're in the mall playground area. He's running around, uh, and some older kids are in there that are probably bigger than they should be that are in there playing. I'm sitting there watching him play, trying to, trying to tell him not to crawl, crawl up slides the wrong way and all that kind of stuff. And there's an older kid, and he starts following this older kid all the way around. He's following this kid everywhere he goes. And, and this kid was probably eight years old. Alexander's two years old. And so, so he's kind of annoyed by Alexander. And uh, Alexander's coming up behind him, and he stops, and he turns around, and he pushes Alexander. Alexander down. I've never moved so fast in my life. I popped up off that seat. I walked over there and I was like, son, are you okay? Are you okay? And he doesn't talk. So it's like, ah, ah, you know, it's like, all right, cool. And I looked at the kid and I said, hey, we're not going to play that way. Then I kind of put my shoulders back a little bit just to make sure, just, just try to show him how big I was compared to him. I, I thought to myself, I'm going to go push this kid down. <laughs> then I remembered I'm a pastor. And I went and sat back down. But it got me thinking because so many times we forget that there is a heavenly father that every time you're abused, every time you're mistreated, every time you are, are hurt, that there is a heavenly father that's sitting there that man is popping up out of his seat and it's like, what? And sometimes we, we, we got to wait on God. Romans chapter 12 says this, if possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all, Republicans and Democrats, liberals and conservatives, every race, every background. It says, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And I want to remind somebody here that's looking for payback. Listen, God says vengeance is his. Like, you don't need to look for payback. What you need to do is you need to sit back and release that hurt and rely on God to do what he promises to do. Number five, undefendable people love God's word. Undefendable people love God's word. Psalms 119, 165, it says, Great peace have they which love your law. 
It's a little bit different than your verse, so I changed it out. It says, and nothing shall offend them. And so if you find yourself getting easily offended, I would challenge you, how is your time in God's Word? If you're getting easily offended by everybody else, how is your personal time in God's Word? How are you letting it wash you and renew you and purify you and transform you? Because here's what I know. The more you get in God's Word, the more you understand the character of God, the more you understand the character of God, the more you start acting like God's character, the more you start living God's character out. And if we want to be more and more like Jesus, we got to understand who Jesus is. And so we've got to get into His Word and allow it to transform us and purify us and and we got to fall in love with it because when we're in love with God's word, what do we have? We have great peace. We're not living with this offense in life because you're giving things to God who's in total and complete control. Number six, unoffendable people are compassionate. Man, I, I, honestly, I'm just going to tell you the truth. I struggle with this one because I'm, I'm not normally a compassionate person. I'm like, Man, get up and, and kick the dirt off and let's go forward. You know, I don't like, my assistant, Melissa, if you have not met Melissa, is Melissa in here? Where is she at? Where, where are you at? Melissa, stand up real quick. I, I want everybody to see what the, the this is what compassion looks like. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, I don't feel. Like, I, I have very little emotion in life, except for when you push my son down. I will get emotional then. Uh, but Melissa, like, every day, she said, oh, did you hear about, I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, that was so nice. I said, hi. <laughs> like, she's always look, like, looking for ways to, to care and love and, and, and do, the, like, she's always seeing these things that I never see or feel. I think she's, she's probably figured out this verse in Ecclesiastes that says, do not pay attention to every word people say. For some of you, that, that's a word for you today. Don't look at every status. Don't look at every news cycle. It says, or you may hear your servant cursing you. You might hear something that offends you in life. For you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. In other words, what's it saying? It's saying like when you have experienced hurt and pain in life, you know what you have the capacity to do? You have the capacity to go and experience hurt and pain in other people's lives. If, and it also confronts you in a lot of times we're offended at things that other people are doing that we have done ourselves in life. Like I hate it when, when, when people lie more than anything else. But you know what my greatest failures in life have been? It's been lies when I was younger. Like, I hate it when people are, are not trustworthy. Why? Because I was untrustworthy younger in my life. And what I realize is, is we can be compassionate because we realize that hurt people hurt people. And so the person that made you a victim in that circumstance, you know what they are also? They are also a victim. They're a victim of their circumstances. They're a victim of their upbringing. They're a victim of, of bad parenting. They're a victim of sin and addictions in their life. And if you've ever been hurt, you've been hurt by somebody else that themselves be hurt. So what do you do? You walk with compassion. And you look at people and you love people and you realize, you know what, I know what they did, but there is way more to the story that would help me 
If I knew all of the story, it would help explain why they did what they did. And what they did is they did it out of hurt. They did it out of pain. They're not doing it because they don't like me. They're doing it out of a hurt in their own life that they're just lashing out in. And so in that moment, I can have compassion on them. I can have love for them. I can look past their faults because that's exactly what God would do. And I can choose to be unoffendable in that moment. Number seven, unoffendable people are creative. I'm a creative guy. I love to come up with scenarios and situations and, and work myself out of them. I love to build things. I love to pull things off. I'll never forget when we were starting Coastal, we were going to meet at Monarch High School. And uh, we, we were going to have a screen in the back, but we needed a projector. And in this high school auditorium, uh, there was a catwalk. And the, the audio guy came in and said, hey, that catwalk would be a great position, except your projector needs to be about 10 feet further back than where that catwalk is and so somehow we've got to drop a projector from the ceiling and and make that happen and I thought to myself well the easiest thing to do would be to remove all the chairs and get a lift and go up there but I'm creative and so I decided you know what the easier way to do that would be to crawl up into the rafters about 45 feet above the stage uh, get a pulley and pull up a projector attach it to this little bar that I would sit on and uh, and be really safe and pray that OSHA does not show up and shut the school down. Why? Because you got to be creative at times. You just got to think outside the box to get things done. And I think you have to be creative in finding ways to be unoffendable. The Bible says it this way in Colossians chapter 3. It says, make allowances. What's that saying? It's saying be creative for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive other words others. In other words, you need to figure out ways in life not to be offended. And, and you need to go, man, maybe I'm just not seeing this right. Maybe I didn't understand the intent. I know that it's a text, so I didn't see the tone. I didn't see the facial expressions. I didn't, I didn't really get the gist of where they're coming from. And here's what it, what it means for us. It takes creativity in life to give people the benefit of the doubt, doesn't it? And we've got to be people as Christ followers that we're going to look and we're going to find ways to give people the, uh, the benefit of the doubt. We're not going to jump to conclusions. Why? Because you always judge yourself by your intentions and you always judge other people by their actions. What if we flip that in this sentence and said, hey, listen, I'm going to look past their actions in this moment and I'm going to try to get to their intentions. I'm going to come up with some reasons of why they did that. Maybe their dog just died and they're just upset right now and they're just lashing out. Maybe their wife just walked away. Maybe they had a child that is going crazy right now, and they just don't know. And so you can start to come up with all these creative ways and give people the benefit of the doubt. Number eight, unoffendable people have better prayer times. Have you ever tried to pray and have problems with people? Jesus, I love you. Thank you so much for this day. God, just hit them with some sickness. In Jesus' name. <laughs> right? It's like, <laughs> I know you don't pray that way, but I mean, let, let's be, you, you're, you go and you're trying, you're like, God, I need you today. God, please don't let them show up at work. And you just, you just go. And, and your prayer times, they get sabotaged, right? Because you've got issues with people and it affects your relationship with God. You'll find that you can't focus. This is why Jesus said in Matthew, and this is Jesus talking, Matthew chapter 5, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, 
So somebody can have something against you, or the opposite can be you have something against someone else. What does it say? It says, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. In other words, he says, man, you come to church and you got issues with people, you should get up out of church and go resolve those issues and come back. Don't do that right now, but after church, you can go do that. In your prayer time, you got issues with somebody, instead of just praying, you need to take out your phone and go, you know what, I need to resolve this right now with that person. It says, leave your sacrifice at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, and then come and offer your sacrifice. And you know what it's going to do? All of a sudden, you're, so many people are wondering, why am I disconnected with God? Why is there like a barrier in my relationship with God? The reason that is, is because we can't be in communion with God and confrontation with man at the same time. It's just not feasible in our life. It's not how God designed us to work. And our, there's a lot of us that are in confrontation with people and we're wondering why. Why are our prayers feel like they're bouncing back down? Why is there a disconnect in my relationship with Jesus? Why am I not having the access to God that I've always had? And maybe it's because you're spending so much time on Facebook and not enough time in his book. Maybe it's because you're out there and you're spending so much time in confrontation with other people instead of communion with people. Maybe it's because you're spending so much time worrying about life instead of worshiping the God who created life. And it's time for some of us to start to put our attention back on God and choose to be unoffendable. Number nine, unoffendable people are a witness to a lost world. Listen, the world is going to look at you and they're going to be like, why do you talk so nicely about your ex? Like, uh, why, why did you respond that way in that moment? Like, why weren't you angry right there when they did that to you? Like, when, the, when, when your boss fired you, why were you so gracious in that moment? Like, you could have ripped him a new one. Like, why, why did you not do that? Listen, I know you saw that status that they posted about you online. I noticed that you, you didn't respond, or the way that you responded was full of love and mercy. Listen, the world is watching the church right now. And unfortunately, what the world is seeing is they're seeing a church that is easily offendable as the rest of the world is. And we are called to be different. We should do better. We should be better. We should be a better witness to a lost and broken world. You know what our response should be? It should be Ephesians chapter 4. It says, make a clean break with all the cutting, with all the backbiting, with all the profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God and Christ forgave you. People will be like, why are you so kind to everybody? Well, the reason I'm so kind to everybody is because I know what God has forgiven me of. And it's easy for me to give them grace in the moment and be kind to them even though they're nasty. Because I know what I did and God loved me anyways. And so it doesn't matter what they do because God loves me anyways. And because God saved me, I will choose to not be offended in this moment. And the, when you decide that I'm not going to be offended in an offensive world, people will begin to take notice. And they'll go, what's up with those people? Why are they acting that way? Why are they not responding like everybody else? And they're going to watch and they're going to listen. They're going to be like, I don't know what you got, but I want some of that. And number 10, unoffendable people are happy. I know you all are wearing a mask right now, but just smile real big at me. Just go ahead and smile. I can see it in your eyes if you're not. <laughs> right? Like unoffendable people are just happier. 
The reason you're happier is because when you're unoffendable, what are you doing? You're living in so much freedom. And isn't that the goal of all of us is you're not holding on to something in the back and trying to move forward. You're just fully free to move forward in life because you are not allowing those things to be thrown on you and hold you down and keep you back in this moment. But you've let it go and you've released it. It's why 2 Timothy says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. I think Paul knew that the year 2020 was coming. He's like, hey, I got something for you, 2020. Have nothing to do with the foolish and stupid arguments because you know that they produce quarrels. What is a quarrel? It's division. It's strife. But you know what else that means? It, it isn't just exterior quarrels. It's also implying interior quarrels. Unrest. Anxiety. Frustration. Depression. All inside of us. And it says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone. That word everyone means everybody. Able to teach and not resentful. We're going to live this way because we have choose, chosen to be unoffendable no matter what is done to us well, let me close with this is the verse that we started with in proverbs chapter 19 verse 11 it says good sense makes one slow to anger it says and it is to his glory to overlook an offense that word overlook is is a combination of a couple of hebrew words that mean to bypass or to go around a thing or to simply go over something and this word was first used in the book of exodus it's used in a portion of scripture where the children of israel are enslaved they're captive by egyptians and god sends a deliverer and this deliverer brings these plagues and it's some crazy things if you've never read the book of exodus i mean frogs and locusts turns rivers into blood and finally the last plague is the worst plague and it it says that in every single household the firstborn child is going to die it's a terrible plague but there's one exception to the rule that is this that if you go and you grab a lamb and you sacrifice it and you go outside your doorpost and you smear it with blood around it that when that plague comes it's, it's actually an angel of death that what he would do is he would look down and see the blood that is smeared on the doorpost and he would overlook or bypass that house and move on to the others because it signified that they were gods and that's what happened in that story. It's the same thing that happens in your life. When we deserve God's judgment, when we are living in this rebellion towards God and we were sinners and we, we made this great commitment to give our lives to Jesus because of his great sacrifice, what happens is the blood that Jesus shed on the cross begins to cover our life. And, and when God looks down as he's judging, he doesn't see us as sinners or rebellion. What he sees us as a children 
children that are covered by his blood and he overlooks the offense that should be coming to him because of how we lived our lives. And he says, you know what? They are not offensive to me anymore because of the blood that has passed over. And when, when we have offended God, what he's done is his blood has covered and made us unoffendable to him. So what that means is that I'm going to look at people a little bit differently because of what Jesus has done. I'm going to look at what people say a little bit differently because of how Jesus has looked at what I've said and still loved me anyways. And I'm not going to get offended in those moments. I'm going to choose to go, you know what, I'm going to be unoffendable and I'm going to see the best in people rather than looking for the worst. You just ignore that amber alert. Or that elderly person that is lost right now. I know some of you are like, TJ, that's great. You make it sound so easy, so simple. Just be creative. <laughs> well, I'm not creative. Be compassionate. You're like, I don't even like people. <laughs> and people say it to me all the time. They're like, TJ, you just, you just see everything through rose-colored glasses. You see life through, through, through rose-colored glasses and you know, you. You know what? I don't see the world through rose-colored glasses. I see see the world through ro through blood-stained lenses. I, th I see it through the lens of that person that, that hurt me. I see it through the lens of Jesus that paid the ultimate sacrifice for me, so I'm not going to get offended at them. That person that, that berated me and wrote nasty things about me, I'm going to see it through the lens of Jesus who washed away all the things that I said and I did. I, I, when people are, are not kind, I'm going to go, you know what? When I was not kind, Jesus was still kind to me. I see it through the lens of his forgiveness. When people ask me for forgiveness, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to forgive them because Christ forgave me when I didn't deserve it. I need to give them grace when they don't deserve it. See, because of the grace I've been given, I refuse to be offended. Church, because of the grace you've been given, you need to refuse to be offended. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? Here's what I know is that there's a couple groups of people in here. The first group maybe that's in here is you don't have a relationship with this God that, that we've been talking about that I want you to know is extending his grace to you right here, right now. And the sacrifice he made that we're talking about that covers over a multitude of sins, you can experience right now in your life and it starts with a simple yet significant decision and that is to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior to allow the sacrifice that he made over 2,000 years ago on the cross the sacrifice that you and I deserve for our sin and our shame and our screw-ups and our mess-ups to be covered over in your life and maybe you're here and you've never made that decision and you're ready to make that decision if you would just slip your hand up at the count of three I'd love to pray with you one two three go ahead and slip it up you're watching online just go ahead and put up your hand emoji right now and you say man I, I need to receive that 
Second group that I want to pray for here is you're here and you've been living in offense. You've been holding on to some things. You've been holding on to some hurt. You've been holding on to some pain. You've been holding on to some, some words people have said online, to you, some things that have been in your life. And, and, and today you go, you know what, God, I, I'm going to choose to be un unoffendable. I'm going to release that offense today. I'm going to let that thing go. I'm going to hand it over to you, God. And if that's you here today, and I believe it's a lot of us, there's no shame in this game. That's the whole amazing grace of Jesus. There is no more shame because of the sacrifice of Christ. That's you here today, and you say, you know what, I, 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 I'm going I'm to lay that at the altar of God. If you just slip your hand up at the count of three, one, two, three. Man, hands going up all over the place. Thank you for being honest. God, I just pray for every single hand that went up here. God, that is releasing things that have hurt them, the shame and the pain, the the the. The offense that has been out there. God, I pray right now that you start to eradicate that from their life. God, that you come in there and cover that with your love and your grace and your mercy. God, I pray that there would be a peace that surpasses understanding in their lives. And for every person out there that was like, you know what? I need to make a decision to follow Jesus. If you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud. Say, Jesus, I need you here today. Thank you for sending your son to come and cover my sin and my shame. God, cover my offense with that blood. Thank you for dying and rising again so that I could have life and I could have it more abundantly. Come into my heart. Take over. Rule and reign inside of me. Thank you for saving me. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said, amen.